Off day for the Brewers on Monday, and today, Tuesday, is the day the Milwaukee Brewers will become NL Central Division champs. We'll talk about it. We have a special guest, Matt Carroll, from Reviewing the Brew. He's been on before. He's going to drop some knowledge on us. All that's coming up next here on Locked on Brewers. You are Locked on Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And good to have you along late Monday night, Tuesday morning. This is Chuck Freeman, Locked On Brewers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. For this show, we're going to be talking to Matt Carroll, reviewing the brew coming up here in just a little bit. The Brewers on the verge of doing something which has been so little done in my lifetime, but done a lot lately. But I know it's been, it was like a 26 year drought where the Brewers did not clinch a division title. And that was from 82 through 2008. And I remember the 82 world series. I was 15 years old when they lost game seven at St. Louis. I wasn't even all that upset about it because I was like, ah, they'll be back. They got this great team. They got Yelp Molitor and little that I know, they would not win a division title until I got in my 40s. And a guy I hope will never have to wait that long ever again <laughs> is Matt Carroll. Matt, it was a long drought of, of a lot of hopes, a lot of expectations, but it just didn't happen until 2008. But like in recent years, I mean, if you look at the Brewers, have one of the best records of baseball since like 2017. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really – and. The- they were close to making the playoffs that season. That could have been the beginning of that streak that unfortunately ended last season. But yeah, the fans who, you know, became Brewers fans in recent seasons, they're a little bit more used to this success. I was born the year after that uh, World Series loss. And so all I ever knew growing up was the Brewers not making the playoffs until they finally make it in in 2008. So uh, we go through a little bit of a, a, a down period again after 2011. And now, yeah, it's a, this is the golden era of Brewers baseball. And we're right on the cusp of starting a new playoff streak, aren't we? It is. And I think, you know, we're going to be, I think the future looks really, really bright, notwithstanding this year, but years to come. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping, now I know the economics of baseball are really bad and I hate it. And I talk enough about that. And I'm sure you're upset about it too. And you've talked about it, but but I mean, look at the farm system, man. I love what we got coming up here in, in the next couple of years. Oh, my gosh. It, this last draft is one of the best drafts the Brewers have had in a while. And credit to Matt Arnold and kind of the, the new-ish regime. I know he, a lot of his scouting directors and stuff like that were carryovers from when Stearns was still there. But whatever direction they decided to go in this year worked because they got rave reviews for the draft that they had. But not just this year, like you mentioned, you know, you've got Jackson Churio going to make the big league soon. You've got Tyler Black going to make the big league soon. Maybe this last week, who knows? Um, You've got Brock Wilkin from this year's draft class. Uh, Eric Brown Jr. looks like he could potentially do something. Um, You've got Jacob Mizorowski. I mean, just we can go on and on about the guys who are on the cusp of making it. And then you add all the rookies this season who have contributed, even ones we didn't expect, like an Andrew Monasterio. Um, yeah, so even as we kind of start to move on from some of the Brewers players who we've become accustomed to over the last few seasons, 
there's a next wave of players who's ready to take over and should kind of continue that line of success for the Brewers for at least the next few years. When Monasterio first came up this year, I was like, okay. I mean, I didn't think he was ready for Major League Ball. But now I I, I love him. Uh, he seems like he comes up. Yeah, he goes through his funks once in a while. But I think his best role on this team is a utility guy. I don't see him really as an everyday starter on a on a team that's trying to win a World Series. How do you feel about that? I totally agree. I think he received as much playing time as he did out of pure necessity. I mean, you had yeah. Brian Anderson get injured for a little bit and then just, you know, see his production fall off. Luis Arias ended up getting traded away. That kind of left you without any options at third base, especially when Owen Miller also ended up uh, cooling off from his hot start and then also ended up getting uh, optioned down. But Monasterio, credit to him, he's been one of the more consistent rookies on the season offensively. He has his ups and downs, I agree, definitely defensively. Um, he's mm-hmm. not the strongest guy over there like Brian Anderson, but he's certainly playable enough where Council, who didn't always like to lean on rookies in the past, granted this year he hasn't really had much of a choice in some senses, but um, he's stuck with Monasterio because of the value that he's brought at the plates, and he's kind of rewarded them. The Brewers get it kind of heating up down the stretch, and Monasterio is a big part of that. Chuck Freeman, along with Matt Carroll, Matt Carroll from Reviewing the Brewer, go to his website, him, Gasper, they all do a great job over there uh, talking Brewers baseball with you every day, as we do here on Lockdown Brewers. Uh, Matt, uh, how, how would you massage his infield here for this season? You got Terang, you got Monasterio, and obviously Donaldson. Uh, they like the big bat that Donaldson can bring. Doesn't bring it enough, but we've seen him have some big moments so far. How do you think Council's going to go about this? Uh, if Assuming they get past this three-game, or this best uh, two or three series. Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit matchup dependent and then a little bit who's got the hot bat at the time because you essentially figure you've got a three-person rotation between Josh Donaldson, Andrew Monasterio, and then Bryce Terang over mm-hmm. in second because when Donaldson's come in, every once in a while you'll see Monasterio at second and Terang getting to sit a little bit. Um, when he came back from AAA, looked pretty good, looked like he made some adjustments and kind of figured some things out. But then again, down the stretch, offense kind of cooled down a little bit. So, you know, do you need to go lefty-righty matchup? Do you need to go with who the hot bat is? Do, do you have a lead and do you really need to focus on defense where you've got really then Donaldson and Terang are the combo that you want to kind of roll with? You know Council. He loves to look at those matchups and, you know, look at the situation and what fits best for it. So I, I would not be entirely surprised if once, you know, they get past that wild card round and into a longer series that those first three games, you see three totally different combinations between the three. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think there's a great time and a place to go with any of those three combos. They keep running Donaldson out there. Like I said, he's had some big hits. He had the three, you know, the two-run home run on Friday night. He had a three-run home run, I believe, earlier in the week. Uh, so he's he's done a few things on this team, just not enough of them. But I think they keep him in because there's a potential of some magic happening there. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, look at how the Brewers' offense was for what two-thirds of the season. It took them mm-hmm. forever to climb out of the bottom third of the league in offensive production in terms of run per, runs per game. Uh, and so down the stretch, yeah, they've gotten hotter. And, you know, Donaldson, like you said, has provided a lot of those big hits. And, mm-hmm. you know, when with one swing of the bat, he can give you, you know, put three runs on the board and turn a, you know, 
tie game into a three run lead or, you know, erase a deficit or anything like that. That's what you're hoping for when you have him in. And it, it's worth that risk. And again, him being definitely for his age, he's very much passable defensively still. Mm-hmm. At third. Oh, yeah. So, so that certainly helps. It's not like you're just throwing him out there and, and taking the hit on defense, you, you know, you get that positive out of him as well, but yeah, it, it's, it's something at this point you just take with him. Is he going to keep up a high average? Nope. But can he potentially account for half of the runs that you have on the day or more? Yeah. And with the Brewers offense, you know, going in waves every once in a while, that that's a risk that council has to take sometimes. I mean, think about it, Matt, this odd makeup of the team. You have two, you have two 37 year olds at the corner spots. Okay. <laughs> two, yeah. two, who weren't on the team to start the season. You got young guys on the rest of the roster. Those two 37. Yeah. You know, Carlos, another one you mentioned about Donaldson can feel this position. So can Carlos. Um, it's just an odd, this makeup of this team is just kind of different and odd. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just some, it's a different combination. I would say, <laughs> right. We thought this was going to be the year of the rookies and it would be the, the youth wave that really carried the Brewers forward. And to some extent it has, I mean, self Freelich has been a revelation for the most part, the entire time since he's been up Terang for most of the season has been on the roster. Weimer, you know, he ended up disappointing, I think a, a little bit this year, but had some highlight reels out in the outfield. And for most of the season was on the big league roster, even though he's mm-hmm. down at AAA now um, that we thought was going to be primarily kind of how the Brewers succeeded this year. And yet, like you said, it was some of the, some of the, the league veterans who come in. Canna is not exactly a young buck anymore either. He's not, not oh, yeah. quite as old as those guys, but more of a veteran than the, the Rooks. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting mix once we've gotten, now that we've gotten past the trade deadline. But, you know, Arnold pressed all the right buttons and put the right mix of guys on that roster. And it ended up allowing the Brewers to, you know, kind of stretch that lead finally in the NL Central, which they were trying all season to do and just could not until late in the season. Oh, yeah. Last time we talked, the lead was, I think the Reds might even been in first place at the time. So, all right, hang on, Matt. I'm going to take a quick break here uh, and and tell you about some sponsors here. Hang on, we'll get to you just in just a little bit here. Uh, LinkedIn sales. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adapt to the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, larger deals. We call this deep sales and with the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now you can try LinkedIn sales navigator, get a 60 day free trial, linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com slash locked on a 60 day free trial. Let's let uh, let LinkedIn sales navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started. Chuck Freeman, Matt Carroll with us as well here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Brewers and Cardinals in the first of a three-game series, a clinching day coming up on Tuesday, 640. The broadcast on Sirius XM, the SXM app, search Brewers. You get all 162 of Brewers baseball. And by the way, I got into the show. I didn't even introduce myself. Chuck Freeman, longtime sportscaster in the state of Wisconsin. Um, first year host of Locked On Brewers. Thank you very much for following me along. Google, 
Spotify, Apple. We're on all the major downloads on the platforms. And of course, our growing YouTube audience. Go to YouTube, search Locked On Brewers, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell there. It's going to alert you every time we drop an episode. We'll talk about some of the things that might worry about the Milwaukee Brewers going into the postseason and some of the things that may not worry you. All that ahead coming up on Locked On Brewers. Welcome back to Lockdown Brewers. Chuck Freeman here, Lockdown Brewers, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, and Matt Carroll. Follow him at MKE Matt13. And of course, read his stuff on reviewing the brew. All right, Matt. Uh I I when I say the team going in an offensive funk would be our main concern going into the postseason. Definitely. We've seen it from time to time, even in these last couple months when the Brewers have gotten hotter, they'll throw in those random games where they'll score zero runs, one run kind of just out of nowhere off of very few hits. The Brewers pitching staff is performing about where you would want them to perform going into the postseason. I know this last weekend, a little rough at times, but for the most part, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, they're right where you want them to be. Devin Williams has looked incredible all season long. You've now got Joel Piamps, who had been a pretty reliable eighth inning guy for most of the season, getting a little shaky down the stretch here, giving up some runs. But right on time, Abner Uribe has, I mean, really since he's been called up, looked amazing and starting to get more high leverage calls from Craig Council. So you can maybe see him mixed in. Elvis Piguero is on the injured list right now, but sounds like they're semi-confident that he'll be back in time for the playoffs. Hobie Milner has been really pretty solid all season, as well as Bryce Wilson. So you've got a really, really solid, that's five or six guys at the back end of the bullpen. You get a shortened series going, or a shortened rotation going into the wildcard series with your three main guys. Pitching-wise, you should be solid. So kind of just like two years ago in 2021, where Everything felt really good around the Brewers until they hit the Braves and the power just went out for yeah. the team. That's what you worry about happening again going into this wild card series. It's it's going to be all about the offense. You know, Piamps, we we saw him throw the ball in the dirt on Saturday afternoon and uh, his velo down a little bit. Adam McAlvey was talking in one of his pieces that the, the arm angle might have been a little low and all that. And, I don't know what do you what do you see with Piamps because we can't afford to have that now in the eighth inning with him, right? You know, with with both Piamps and Piguero, both of them are pitching a lot of innings. When you look back at their career, Piamps has pitched a career high in innings for any of the seasons he's been around, and he's a little bit more of a veteran. Piguero has a pitched more innings this year than he had pitched about three times more innings this year than he had pitched in the majors for his entire career previously, but more innings than he has at any pro level uh, since he's joined any major league organization. So both of those two, they've got a lot of mileage on for what they've previously experienced. And I think that's where they're maybe starting to run out of gas a little bit. So you manage them. Well, Pagara, you don't have much of a choice, but to manage because he's yeah. on the injured list, yeah. but with pineups now down the stretch, you manage them a little bit, take a, a little bit of the workload off of them. And just make sure he's fresh going into the postseason. They've clearly figured out something with him that worked, a formula that allowed him to be, you know, very dominant. I mean, even with what he's done recently, his 
year-long numbers are very, very solid. It, by far career best for him. He can still definitely be a very big contributor for them. Just make sure that he's freshened up a little bit going into it, and um, he should still be a big, big guy for you late. Uh, Woodruff the other day, they came out for the mound visit. He was at 90-91, and I was like, and he, and he said he was pain-free pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. Um, I, I hope, I mean, this is a bad time for that too to happen. The final week of the season and all of a sudden Woody's throwing 90 mile meatballs down the plate. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know it was either mechanics or, or location. I can't remember what he said that he was most disappointed with after that outing. So as long as it wasn't injury, because of course he missed a ton of time this season. Mm-hmm. So, and I know the trainers actually came out to look at him for a little bit in that game ends up staying in the game, but I think that was probably a pretty big scare to a lot of Brewers fans knowing, you know, just how long we were without him uh, for a chunk of the season. So as long as he is healthy and as long as he's got some idea of me, you know, and I'm sure that they went back and looked at all the tape and, you know, figured out, you know, what it was that was off and they're, they're good at doing that and managing their pitching staff. As long as they've got that, as long as he's got his health, you know, he outside of that outing, might have been the Brewers' best starter for the last really couple months. So um, you you need him to be at the level he was at going into the playoffs, and hopefully he will. Chuck Freeman here, Locked On Brewers, part of Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Matt Carroll joining us right now. Going to talk about the strength of the pitching staff coming up here in just a little bit. Just want to talk to you quickly about modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out the online form, and one of the Jace Medical Board certified physicians can review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. And Jace will send your uh, prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies when your order is filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message anytime. Give them a message on anything, talking about your treatment. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and the loved ones that during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than 360 bucks by getting those life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional 20 bucks by using my promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Jace Medical, J-A-S-E Medical. Dot com. Chuck Freeman here on Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Follow us along on Google, Spotify, Apple, and of course, on our video version, we, de- we drop daily on YouTube, Locked On Brewers. Search Locked On Brewers, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. You'll get every episode of Locked On Brewers. Chuck Freeman, follow me on Twitter, F-R-E-I-M-U-N-D, and Matt Carroll, our terrific guest, at, at, at M-K-E Matt 13. Any number for, reason for the number 13, Matt? <laughs> uh, so I was born on the 13th, and that always ended up being my lucky number. So it's what I wore for every sports. Um, okay. Yeah, that's you, you and Zach Grinky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyone who ever comes on the team that's uh, wearing 13, I'm like, well, that's my new favorite player, obviously. There we go. Is there a th- who's 13 now? Is there? Uh, we had a 13 earlier. Now I can't remember who it was. Uh, it might be Toro actually. Okay. Okay. Abraham. I, I think right. it's Toro. Okay. Okay. Uh, how, go, who are you going with in the th- first three? You going with a four man? I wish they could go with a three band. I'm old school. I like to go with a three band. I would like, I would like Woodruff to start game one burns two. Mm-hmm. And then because Woodruff has just been so good. And I know Corbin has been great, but Woodruff, other than the performance the other day, man, um, I just 
something tells me we need to start Woody in game one. <laughs> yeah, and I go back and forth because I absolutely love Brandon Woodruff ever since he's been a starter for the Brewers. But Corbin Burns, he's your former Cy Young winner. He almost had a no-hitter the other day, or a combined yeah. no-hitter the other day in New York. I mean, he he's had some starts down the stretch that have been really, really good. So, I mean, he is your horse. He came in your opening day starter. I still go with him as my first one, even though I'm a huge, huge, huge uh, Brandon Woodruff fan. Mm -hmm. So I flip-flop the two, Freddie going in number three, and yeah, see what happens from there. I think it's still good that you have, you know, you have like an Adrian Hauser, you have a Wade Miley who can, in a shortened series, still be available if one of those guys should start to falter. Mm -hmm. And you can still get some sustained innings and keep the entire rest of your bullpen fresh. So the fact that those two have been what they've been this season. Hauser's done a great job filling in since he's come back into the rotation. Um, you've got options just in case one of those three, you know, can't quite, doesn't end up quite doing or gets hit around, let's say. I want to go as much as I can with those three because those are my strengths. And I know it might be on some short rest, but I'm thinking unconventional here that this these these guys got us here and let's go with them. Now, the fact that, you know, you might see some dippage in velo would be a little concerned, but I don't know. I kind of want to ride these three as my three starters because they're going to be underdogs, whoever they play, unless they're playing in this wild card series. But I mean, obviously when they play the Dodgers in Atlanta, I don't know. I want to go at my best. Yeah, 100%. I mean, starting rotations already shorten up in the, the playoffs as it is. It's with all the off days that you get in between games, it's not that unheard of to be able to go three man rotation. Wade Miley has been so good this year. Yeah. though. Um, and you know, he, yeah, he was, you know, out a, a couple of times, you know, with some nagging injuries, but that also meant that he has fewer innings on his arm than they expected maybe to put on it and might be a little fresher going into the playoffs than maybe you would have expected. So if you go four man, it's you've got a really, really great option, maybe even compared to some other teams, but I I can't totally argue with, you know, that big three, that is exactly what you hope for a team like the Brewers is firing on all cylinders going into the playoffs and they match up as good against any team's top three, if not better than every team's top three. Why, why wouldn't you want to use them as player best players as many times as possible? The mm -hmm. best, one of the best uh, recipes for success, right? Matt, you and I could manage a baseball team, co-managers, <laughs> right? There's no doubt about that. Uh, I threw this out on Twitter the other day. Who don't you want to face in the wild card? And overwhelmingly, it was the Chicago Cubs from their fans to the rivalry. Seems like most Cub fans don't want to, most Brewer fans don't want to see these guys again. How do you feel? Who do you want? Who don't you want to see? As, as much as I want to agree with that, and I don't want to have a series where, you know, any series, wh whether it's regular season, whether it's postseason, where the Brewers and Cubs match up, it, there's just that added, it doesn't even matter if one of the teams isn't that great. There's just that added bit of energy that causes both teams to give it their all, and just you never know what can happen. That said, I do not want to have anything to do with Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh. mostly because of the top two starting pitchers for that team. Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen have just dominated the Brewers for two seasons now. But every time we have to face those two guys, it does not go well. So, you know, yes, Brewers pitching is great as it is. We said earlier that it's going to come down to the Brewers offense and whether they can actually perform 
it, going against those two, there's a chance that they end up shutting the Brewers down for, for several innings. And that's just, to me, that's what I want to avoid. I know we can beat the Cubs. We've done it plenty of times this season, but I, I want nothing to do with those two pitchers. And it's, it's, it's a playoff series. You can't avoid them like a random series no. in the regular season. That's a good point. Yo, Zach Gallen. Every time I put on one of his games on the package, it was just like two weeks ago there, he's facing the Cubs on a Saturday, on a Friday afternoon. He looked amazing. And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't think we want us some Zach Gallen. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Avoid them at all costs. To me, obviously I would prefer it if the Cubs miss the playoffs entirely and we get to go against, you know, maybe the Marlins or Reds or something like that. But uh, we got a week to, we we can play a big part in that with the final series of the season. I mean, Brewers playing the Cubs. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And in that, that weekend, it could mean a lot next weekend at AmFam field could mean a lot for the Cubs. Hopefully nothing for the Milwaukee Brewers. Right. Let's get this thing done. Uh, what's your favorite, what was your favorite clinching moment? I threw, I'm throwing this one out of the, in the dark. I'm going to talk this with our fans a little bit later on in the week. What was uh, of the times that you've seen the Brewers clinch? Is there a, a, a game, a team, a moment that you've enjoyed the most? Somebody will say the brawny moment. I'm going to see for me, it was, um, you know, when they won 163 down in Chicago against the Cubs. To me, that is going to that is one of my favorite moments in Brewers history, winning 163 on a Monday afternoon down at Wrigley Field. Nothing to me will ever surpass that. I mean, the World Series championship, but gosh, I just enjoyed that. I even enjoyed more than uh, Morgan's, um, you know, Morgan's base hit uh, coming up. Uh, it was 2011. You know, that was a divisional uh, series that they clinched. But what do you like? I, I actually I rewatched that game while I was in Kansas City and St. Louis doing a little baseball tour. Had game some five? downtime. I was like, I'm going to throw up game five. Why the heck not? Was it um, an HP? I don't remember. Was it? I, I had to pull it up on YouTube. Like it was, uh, yeah. So I was able to, okay. I was able to relook at that this last summer. But uh, for clinching moments, I, I can't help but picture CeCe Sabathia on the mound just going nuts at the mm -hmm. end of that game on three days rest. I mean, just some of the performances he pulled out that season were just, I mean, the stuff of legends, but yep. like seeing the emotion that he had was that, that is forever what kind of sticks out to me, it seems. Cause, and that was the, the Brewers finally, finally making their way back in. And that's where we started the show <laughs> with 26 yeah. years of not making the postseason. I went through as a, as a kid and young adult. Uh, yeah, CC boy, and then, uh, how, how about that? Guy? He played here for one. He played here for a half a season. Took a contract for somebody else, but he was such an important part of the fabric of this baseball team that they brought back. And he looked great. He lost weight, looking good, playing a lot of golf. And they brought him back for like CC Sabathia that a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, he looks incredible. Love listening to him. He's got a lot of great insight that he has been kind of giving now since he's retired and uh, on TV and everything like that. So. Really cool to listen to him. Really cool to listen to him talk about his, you know, time with the Brewers and uh, what it was like. There was a really good story that came out about, um, you know, how he found out he was traded and what it was like, kind of joining the team and the rest of that season and just uh, such a such an incredibly memorable uh, part of Brewers history. And I love the fact that they kind of brought him back and honored him a little bit because without him, you know, when does it end up being that the Brewers end up? finally breaking that playoff drought. Do they still do it in 2008? I don't know. 
Because they didn't get back till 2011, yeah. and we know how that ended. And then 2018, I didn't think they'd go 2011 to 2018. I thought after they lost that series to the Cardinals, that I, I would have guessed that Renicky would have managed one more postseason at least, and he didn't. It wasn't until 2018 that it counts. That was um, I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, well the. The 2014 season, that was the one where oh. the Brewers should have made it in. Yep. They had that epic collapse kind of down the stretch and then, you know, continued into 2015 and yeah. ends yeah. up uh, give, handing the job over to Craig Council. And, yeah. you know, good thing it happened because, you know, that's kind of part of the reason we've come to where we are. So, you know, it's it's what the butterfly effect kind of thing, you know, every everything, you know, chain reactions into the next thing. And, you know, now, now we're here and, you know, I, at this point, I wouldn't change it, but it's crazy to think what what does and doesn't happen if just one little thing is different. Matt, always enjoy your insight. Thanks for coming on. We're going to have to catch up in the offseason, my friend. Absolutely. We know, it, just like every other offseason, for the Brewers to try and stay competitive, there's a lot that's got to happen, and Absolutely. it'll be another big one. Matt Carroll, reviewing the Brew. Follow him at MKEMath13. That's MKEMath13. Chuck Freeman, along with Matt Carroll, Chuck Freeman, Lockdown Brewers, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Again, uh, the Brewers and Cardinals in the first of a three-game set, 640, coming up on Tuesday night. Get on SiriusXM, the SX Map Search Brewers. You get all 162. You find me on Twitter, Chuck Freeman, F-R-E-I-M-U-N-D. And you find our podcast, Google, Spotify, Apple. We're on all the major downloads. And, of course, on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Lockdown Brewers. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell there. That'll uh, that'll get you locked in. Hey, Matt, let's enjoy these playoffs, my friend. Let's do it. I'm going to love it. Chuck Freeman, Lockdown Brewers, from part of Lockdown Podcast Network. Good night, everybody.